Some call it the world's richest source of in-depth information for advancing research in genetics, epidemiology, and public health. We'll talk about the Utah Population Database next on The Scope. Examining the latest research and telling you about the latest breakthroughs. The Science and Research Show is on The Scope. I'm talking with Dr. Ken Smith. He's not only director of the Utah Population Database, but he's also a scientist that uses the database for his research. Uh, Dr. Smith, let's start this way. What is your favorite research that you've done using the Utah Population Database? Um, one of the uh, topics that, are, that is of long-standing interest to me has to do with the relationship between um, how we reproduce and how long we live. Women who uh, seem to be able to reproduce uh, at very late ages um, also tend to be much more likely to reach uh, the age of 100. Oh, interesting. It, uh, these women uh, are able to live a, a very long huh. life, and there's almost on every indication they, they do better in their older years. Well, it's interesting because I, the database seems to be very versatile in how it can be used. Uh, without, a, without sounding too immodest, but I think the database has been transformative in contributing to what we know about a, a great many diseases there are easily uh, 30 to 50 major genetic discoveries that have happened here in the state of Utah because of the Utah Population Database in part or in full. These have come about and are, and, and I think they're, uh, you know, the, the scorecard for publications and federal research grants um, are, it's a, very, it's a very long list. Probably one of the most uh, well-known uh, examples of this with the database is um, is for breast and ovarian cancer. The discovery of the BRCA1 and 2, or some people say BRCA1 and 2 genes and the mutations of those genes, they predispose women to uh, really quite high lifetime risk of getting breast or ovarian cancer. Uh, BRCA1 is, uh, is probably, again, one of the most uh, notable examples, but there are others with um, colon cancer and melanoma and prostate cancer. So tell me, what is the database? Um, well, certainly in the, in the U.S., we are the only such uh, database. So uh, what it is, is a, it's a, a collection of data of genealogies, of uh, medical records, of birth records, death records, um, information that will identify where people live because we care about uh, the environmental exposures. So all of these all of these sources of data are coming to us from different agencies who are all mandated to collect this information. So for example, the Department of Health um, is mandated by by law to collect information about all deaths and births in the mm-hmm. state. So they, that's something they must do. Well, they're also willing to share that information with us um, for the purposes of doing research. The Utah Cancer Registry is another really good example. They're mandated to collect the information they share. So uh, we work with all these organizations, and at the level of the individual, so if we see John Doe in one record, we can identify John Doe in another record. Mm-hmm. And uh, this is... Um, uh, requires a, a, a substantial amount of work to just put together the records. Yeah, I can imagine. So, and how many rep- how many records are we talking about? Um, it grows every day. Uh, a number <laughs> I'll give you today will be uh, will be wrong tomorrow. But the number of people 
uh, that we have in the database right now is approaching 8 million people. Wow. So this is uh, pretty much everybody uh, in Utah today. And for a number of them the, who, who have some family connection to Utah, then it's also going back. Uh, our earliest record takes us back uh, to the late 1600s. You mentioned a little bit about genealogical data. How, how does that change how, what you can do with the data? So we can, we can identify these families where um, there, is a, there are more cases of some interesting and serious condition in that family and uh, to know that is one thing, but to then to know the genetic basis of that is yet another. So once we know uh, about these families, then we, uh, we have a mechanism where we, we're, we're able to then recruit these individuals. And by recruit, I mean we consent them. So we get, obviously have to get their permission. And, and then uh, we're able to collect uh, tissue, typically blood, and from this tissue, we're able to extract DNA. And now increasingly, partly because of the costs and the infrastructure, uh, we're able to, to sequence, to get all the letters of the, of the genome for that individual uh, identified. Once you get that information, and then once you get that information on multiple people, some who are affected with a condition, some who are not, and then, and then know that the relationship between these individuals is that a mother daughter, is it a third, a couple of third cousins, then it all becomes possible to, to, be, to start isolating the actual location or locations of the genes that are likely the, 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 the causal uh, genes uh, uh, affecting the, the, the risk of the, getting this disease. So the union of genealogies with medical records uh, with the ability to recruit and consent and to collect DNA, this is a winning recipe for uh, for Utah to be able to contribute to this unbelievable, you know, genetic revolution that's going on right now. And why is it that we have this genealogical information here, but it's not necessarily a component of other large databases that you can find across the country? It, it probably won't surprise m- people too much to know that we have a church here. One of the uh, aspects of that church is to collect genealogical information. And because the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints uh, is right here in Utah and is prominent in Utah, a lot of the data that they collect genealogically pertains to, to the state of Utah. So through the Genealogical Society of Utah, um, we have been able to get this uh, genealogy going way back in, in, in time. And so it's, we're, we're, uni- we're unique in that respect. I would add um, that is not the only way we get genealogy data. We construct our own genealogies from all the records that we collect. But I couldn't look up my records using the Utah Population Database, could I? Right. We're, we, are not, uh, we are not a service for, for you to find Aunt Tilly in your <laughs> in your family history, um, we're really for the for the medical research community. Um, so we have uh, many many uh, data safeguards uh, to protect the data and the identities of the individuals in the database. So no, we don't allow individuals um, to get to the identifiers. Is there anything else that <clears throat> you want to make sure to to get in there going forward? Um, we hope to contribute to national efforts where we 
can partner with other organizations that are uh, who are also have as their quest to identify uh, causal genes on these important uh, diseases, and and we're uh, we're uh, I will say we're a sought after organization, uh, and and we're a sought after database because it's hard to reproduce this and hard to get this enriched um, uh, information about these high risk families. And yes, these families largely live in Utah, but quite often they they have uh, we, you know we all have relatives who are who who live everywhere, mm-hmm. and uh, those everywhere places. Uh, likely harbor the genes that are being discovered here, and uh, and so we're and going forward. We're working on trying to expand our genealogical muscle to be able to connect to the rest of the country, and that's an effort we've just begun. And that will allow us to take a discovery in um, here in Utah and connect it to the rest of the country. So we are we are three million in Utah. We are 300 million in the United States. So if the 3 million can inform the 300 million, then we would have done a a really a great thing. Interesting, informative, and all in the name of better health. This is the Scope Health Sciences Radio.